Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. Russell, we had a really cool week that we get to recap this week. There was a, a whole lot of um, opportunity for fan involvement and um, just just a just a really, really um, good week. As far as timing goes, you know, we're kind of in the law of uh, offseason of football, baseball and softball hasn't cranked up yet. Basketball, both men's and women's teams are providing a great amount of excitement. Of course, track and field never fails us, and swim and dive has been kind of dominating too. But it was some of that extra stuff that we get to talk about this week. So I'm excited for this one. Uh, some of the some of the things that, that that have made their way to our website, which we're going to talk about, obviously, just just added a little juice to the week. Yeah. So I think we need to get into it. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get things rolling with a quick word from our sponsors at Laser Oliver PLLC. If you've been hurt in a wreck, call the law firm of Laser Oliver PLLC. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Okay, let's start this cat off. Uh, give me those five things that every herd fan needs to know this week. All right, five things every herd fan needs to know this week. As always, brought to you by IgniteLink, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. Number one, Cam Kerfman moves into the top 10 of all time three-pointers in NCAA history. Yeah, three-pointers made, right? That's the <laughs> I think that's the thing to qualify. Three-pointers three made because, hey, man, I could just go out there and chuck them up and, you know, never make anything. But I think that that's kind of astounding. Yeah, we knew that Cam was a sharpshooter when the when Dan and 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 the staff made a move on him a couple seasons ago, and we were really excited about the prospect of landing that sniper from beyond the arc. And when he made it made it official and came here, we thought, all right, man, this is more of what we needed to see here. And if that kind of stat <laughs> doesn't tell you that this dude is legit from behind the arc, I mean, to land in the top ten all time. Forever <laughs> in uh, NCAA Division One basketball is uh, pretty friggin' impressive. And oh, by the way, he's not done. The season is yeah. not over. There's plenty of basketball still to play. Now, look, I would be lying to you if I told you that I know exactly how many he needs to move into ninth place or eighth place. But still, moving into the top ten is a big deal. And if he's able to climb the high, the the ladder a few rungs higher by the end of the season, wow. But uh, huge congratulations. Unbelievable way to start this episode off because that is uber, uber impressive. I studied the list and uh, J.J. Reddick, I'm sure everybody remembers him from Duke, sharpshooter. Uh, when you're at Duke, it, you're going to get a lot of publicity, but he was a big time three-pointer guy uh, from uh, that era. He is sixth, if I remember correctly, and he's within distance of – Kerfman being able to pass him by the end of the year. So cool. if that gives you kind of a range that uh, nine, eight, both of those look like almost definitely going to be passed and seven and six are more of those. Yeah, it could happen. Six is probably the, 
the top, I think. There's a little bit of a gap between six and five, but <laughs> 10 is already impressive. But if you come in seventh, sixth, yeah. I mean, come on, man. So staying healthy and probably shooting your career average, I guess, is probably what's going to land him in that top seven-ish spot and if you go off in a couple of games and you catch fire who knows maybe you can push into number six but top 10 is super cool and if by the end of it say the herd makes a run they catch fire at the right time and they go deep a couple games into the sunbelt conference tournament or you know crazy thing they go out and win the whole damn thing and get that ncaa yeah. tournament berth and get a couple of extra games who knows what we're looking at but for right for right now i think folks what they can deduce from this thing is you've got an all-time great from the three-point line currently playing for the herd. And uh, we all love those type of things that we can hang our hat on. And that's a big one to hang your hat on. Yeah. And uh, I think that's going to be the key is how deep we go in the conference tournament. And if we, you know, win the, win the thing, like you said, and go to the NCAAs, get an extra game, uh, extra two games, that's really going to put him up there where he, has a chance at six or five. Yeah. All right. Number two, Abby Beeman is one of only two active players with 2,000 points, 750 assists, and 600 rebounds. The other, Caitlin Clark at Iowa. Yeah. And I don't know how many women's basketball fans that we have, not at Marshall, but I mean that pay attention to the national scope. Yeah. But if you do you know who Caitlin Clark is. And if Absolutely. you are a super casual fan of women's basketball, you still probably know who Caitlin Clark is. And of course, Abby's numbers not only speak volumes to be in that type of rarefied air, being one of two of anything, right? When you start talking about a career stats category and multiple categories is <laughs> pretty impressive, but Hey, that didn't stop either because her numbers have pumped up in the you know over the course of the last mm -hmm. week. She had two killer games this week and uh, really continuing that tear. I mean, she's in the zone. If ever anybody was in the zone, she's in the zone. Other players are also in the zone. You know, this is not just solely the Abby Beeman show, and we're going to say that all the time. But you can't just diminish the fact that she is smoking the Sun Belt basketball world right now. In uh, to the point to where when you're one of two and the other one is perennial argu MVP, favorite. arguably the best player in NCAA women's basketball. There are a lot of folks that will argue that there will are, there will be a lot of folks that will argue that she's probably going to be the number one overall pick in the WNBA draft, that type of thing. But uh, those type of career numbers are freaking awesome. And of course she has an opportunity to, push those even higher with the way she's been playing and the amount of time that's left in this season. I mean, it, I don't think right now that we would be questioning the women's team making a deeper run in their tournament as opposed to our men. The men are a little bit more of a question mark, but the women are right now the They're class the of the Sunbelt. Yeah. They're yeah. the class of the Sunbelt. Uh, and – just to watch this team continually go out and dominate. They eclipsed the 100-point mark this past week, and we're going to talk about that more in Around the Herd. But, man, what a tear. I mean, congratulations to, to Abby Beeman. And there's some more accolades that are down the pipeline for her, I'm sure. But I'm relishing this 
every week, every game, I'm I'm in I'm just taking stock and being present in the moment for what I'm seeing in real time because I don't. This is another one of those things that where five six years from now, I don't want to go. Man, remember how great she was because I didn't pay as close attention in the moment, right? I want to be able to do that and then know that. You know, I saw it and appreciated what I was seeing in that moment. That's why we keep pushing people to go to these games, man. Go to the games because you can get your eyes on it. I am not fortunate enough to be able to do that, you know, and I have to watch on ESPN Plus. But you can go to the Cam Henderson Center for ridiculously cheap and see this uh, firsthand. And I encourage <laughs> everyone to do that. Yeah. Um. Two triple doubles already this year. Yeah. So she's not just racking up points, not just racking up assists. She's racking up rebounds too. And that's what's so impressive of this. And I will say one more thing. She is a five foot four point guard and has this many career rebounds. Mm -hmm. So she's always scrapping, going after the ball, tipping it to herself. Um, just I, we said it last week the straw that stirs the drink, the epitome in my uh, opinion of what is needed in this style of play from coach Caldwell to have Abby here already. I mm -hmm. think that has been, you know, uh, the key to this is already having someone that can push the ball up the court. And I said it last week out loud. I'll say it again. Best passer in college basketball right now. Notice I didn't say women's college basketball. Mm -hmm. All right. Number four, keeping it with, uh, College basketball, Brianna Campbell passes the 1,500-point mark for her career. Yeah, I know. I'm telling you, man, that, you know, I guess some folks might kind of smirk a little bit because you're like, well, they didn't do that here. Dude, who cares? Like, that That just it's means impressive. that you – it just currently means that you have great players that are on your roster. And I said this last week, Marshall and Marshall fans are just benefiting from these great players that decided to come in and play for the herd. So it's another one of those transfer portal scenarios where sometimes you're on the good side of it. Sometimes you're on the bad side of it. And we lost some great players a couple of seasons ago. And, you know, and then, and then the, 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 uh, coaching change and and what would coach Kim be able to do and you know she brought in some of her own players that came from Glenville and people thought wow really like how's that going to translate translating pretty damn well <laughs> you know because it's going play, okay if you can play you can play and yeah. Brianna is just the next iteration of a milestone career point total it was Abby last week it's Brianna this week and sooner or later you're going to get into that um era of players that were recruited here or that played the vast majority of their, they still might transfer in, but that you're talking about maybe a freshman that transfer transfers in and those career totals do come, you know, mm -hmm. completely or majority in a herd uniform, but I don't care. 1500 points is awesome. I think it's great for her. And again, time left in the season, the way these teams score. I mean, Brianna could easily add another, you know, 150, 200 points or more to that total. So take it for what it's worth. Enjoy what you're seeing. Don't find a way to diminish it. Find a way to celebrate it because we're going to find a way to acknowledge and celebrate the greatness that we're seeing firsthand for herd women's basketball. 
And let's just do a quick little math for people here, you know, because somebody might hear Obina went over a thousand and Brianna Campbell just went over 1500. And we talked about uh, Abby here with 2000. Let's do a little math 20 points a game, right? 30 games a year, which is a ridiculously high level. But let's just do that. That's 600 points, right? All right. And you do that for three years, and that's 1,800 points. And we're talking about Abby here with 2,000. Right. And we're talking about Brianna here with 1,500. And that's if someone did 20 points a game for three years to get to that level. That's what I'm saying. Averaging 20 points a game over the course of a 30-game season for multiple years. If that's not consistency, if that's not talent, then these things don't exist, right? They because you, it's th- this is not a scenario where you can go for 10 points on average and have a couple of huge career games, right? Yeah. You're just not – the math just won't work, you know, yeah. unless you end up playing 200 career games, right? Yeah. So ju- when you break it down like that, you know, we, we talk about, uh, man, we you know, we've got to replace from the men's team. Like, man, we've got to replace nearly 40 points of production. How are we going to yeah. do that? And then you start to t- think like, well – that was between two guys that were, you know, scoring at a really high level. At, when you start breaking it down on a per game, per, you know, average per game basis, it really starts to hit you a little harder of, of how consistent you have to be. So give that the proper amount of respect, man, because that ain't easy. If it were easy, do you know how many thousand career point scores you, you would have for your team? Like everybody would do that if it were easy. Yeah. You know, you just have to stay healthy. You have to have the opportunity. You have to hit the shots. Like things have so many things have to work. It's not just going out there and being good for one season. You know, scoring ten a game, you've got to play in a hundred games to get to uh, a thousand. <laughs> a thousand I mean, it's, it's just just simple, simple math. A hundred yeah. games is four years of twenty-five games a year. Is it doable? Yeah. Is it? Does that sure. put them up in the elite of where you're at for all-time scores in, in program history? No, but. That is hard to do to average 10 a game uh, for consistent every single, you know, freshman. How many freshmen come in and average 10 a game for an entire season? Few. You know? Few. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got to make up for it in your later seasons to just to average out the 10 over 100 games. And uh, it's hard, basically, is what we're saying. It it, just to qualify this a little bit more and to to put a little respect on these point totals that we're seeing. Not only is it hard, it's friggin' impressive. Because think about that. Think about it, especially with the style of play that Coach Kim's teams, they're diving all over the place. The the, the, uh, potential for injury, or just to get dinged Mm -hmm. up and miss a game or two, is multiplied exponentially because of the aggressive style of play and diving after balls and this, that, and the other, not to mention all the times that you leave the freaking floor just to jump and the potential to roll an ankle and miss a game or two. Like all of these things can just derail a, uh, a, a nice career to where you could still have a really great career, but not hit a milestone like that because of, you know, how you, how you play your style of play, your aggressiveness or the, the aggressiveness in which your system is run. So many things are up in the air. It's just a, impressive, and I don't care if uh, you know a thousand points, twelve hundred points came somewhere else. I, we're getting the benefit of, like you said, how many freshmen hit those numbers early. Well, these aren't freshmen, so we're getting that benefit of the those numbers have to pump up later in your career. That's where we are. That's why I'm yeah. loving it, right? 
All right. Our fifth and final thing is use promo code Thundercast for $2 tickets to the Wednesday women's basketball game. That is 6 p.m. Get your tickets on Herd Zone. Walk over to the ticket office, call the ticket office, or go online. Use Thundercast as the promo code when prompted, and you will get $2 tickets. Normally five, still very cheap and a great value, but $2 tickets. That's the group ticket price, as you said on that video that you released. You don't have to have 10 people. You get the $2 group rate just by using promo code THUNDERCAST. Yep, and I got to say, we are very appreciative of the ticket office for uh, working in conjunction with us and and allowing that to happen because whatever reason that we aren't packing the Cam Henderson Center now for a – all-time program best start in conference play, right? We're into that era now. So every win that we notch just pushes that record further and further, you know, uh, away from the former record. And I understand it's a Wednesday night game. There, It's harder for uh, those to happen for a lot of people because it's a school night and it's church night. And, you know, but what we've done is taken away – uh, one huge piece of the equation, right? 60% off. I mean, 60% off of a price of a ticket when it was already a killer value, five bucks, you get it for two freaking dollars. That means you can go by yourself, get one ticket and pay two bucks. Uh, unbeatable, right? The only, there are only a few things that would beat that free tickets and dollar tickets, <laughs> six minute abs, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, it's an unbelievable deal and I'm so appreciative and I know you are too of, of the ticket office working with us yeah. and trying to make that happen because you know, our whole thing is, can we get fans to games, more fans to more games and for them to come across with a deal like that is uh, far more than what I expected. You know, I thought maybe they'd hook us up with a dollar off or something like, which is still great because on a $5 ticket, it's still 20%, 20% off. off. Yeah. So, what what we're what we're trying to do here is make it so impossibly easy that people can't go. Well, look, man, it's two bucks. I can't not go. I can't not go. They're undefeated in Sun Belt Conference play. They've gone on the road and won big games. They won big games at home. And now Appalachian State's coming in. They're a pretty good team. They're a team that a lot of Marshall fans just program wide would consider a rival because they mm-hmm. are. So this is just a couple of boxes that get checked. Super cheap tickets, uh, historic rival coming to the cam, first place team, undefeated conference play, all these great individual players coming together to play unbelievable team basketball. Oh, and by the way, you're running out of opportunities to get to the Cam Henderson Center and see this team. Go to HerdZone.com, put in promo code THUNDERCAST, Secure your $2 tickets. It's so dang easy and so dang cheap that you can buy two tickets and still save a dollar off of the cost of a normal ticket and take somebody with you. You stole my next line. I was going to say, if you were already going and you were normally going to be paying $5, I challenge you to buy two tickets. You still save money and you take a friend with you and you say, hey, I want to expose you to this team and this style of play you're going to be a fan. I took somebody with me, their schedule, and they've been wanting to go all year. It's a friend of yours, friend of mine. Uh, got them to go when their schedule allowed for it. They said, hey, yeah, I can go. Took them. 
now they are dying to take their daughter and a couple other people and go because they're like, this team is legit. It's so much fun. What a better way to spend just a few dollars to go watch this team. So before you move off of this, there was a graphic mm-hmm. that's put up by one of the Sunbelt conglomerate accounts that we yep. uh, follow that was uh, <laughs> average herd or not herd, but average women's basketball attendance in the Sunbelt. Yep. Marshall ranks one, two, three, four, five, sixth. That yep. is not cool because right. we are the first place team with mm-hmm. the most exciting brand of basketball easily in the conference and one of the most exciting in the entire nation. So this is where herd fans need to have a little personal pride mm-hmm. and change that total marshall's currently setting at uh, 1267 average fans which is not bad over the course of a couple of years a couple of seasons that number is probably up from where it was Mm -hmm. but we're still getting more than doubled up by the top team in the conference and almost doubled up by two three and four so if uh we can churn out this promo code gets utilized and a lot more fans can show up to this game on Wednesday, then there stands to reason that we may be able to pull this off again. I can't make any promises, right? But if the athletic department goes, hey, this was a good enough of a uh, of an opportunity that we saw an increase and that increase is worth it, maybe we're able to do this again for maybe the home finale or something. I, I can't promise that, right? Because yeah. we were gracious enough to get it this time. But if a thousand people utilize that promo code, it'd be pretty hard for the athletic department to go, hey, we got something here. Maybe we need to do this again. So just food for thought. 1,267 is really good. That number really needs to double when you're talking about a team that's this um, exciting that with so much on the line. I mean, I I saw it. We didn't talk about it, but I saw the – I went and looked. The ESPN Women's Bracketology projects the herd currently in the NCAA tournament at a 15 seed facing number two Iowa, which would be, of course, Abby Beeman versus Caitlin Clark. And yep. uh, one of our buddies on Twitter made the comment like, wow, that would really suck for Iowa's t- uh, season to come to a grinding halt in round one. Yep. But who knows what a matchup like that would be. Short term, we just need to get more people to the cam right now. We need to fuel this team as best we can. Use promo code promo promo code Thundercast. Get your two dollar tickets and get your ass to the cam on Wednesday evening. Yeah. Final note on this game Wednesday evening. It is Greek night. Uh, students always get in free, but that is a Greek night event where they're encouraging, almost challenging the Greek uh, um, organizations to go there. So. You and I are fraternity brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of people know that. I am proud to say that every person in the undergraduate chapter of Alpha Sigma Phi here at Marshall has said they are going to the game. That's going to be uh, in the twenty-five to thirty range of of people that are there. So I I told them I said I I would like to see you guys make a a big impression by being there, and they said we're not going to miss it. Yeah. So uh, hopefully that is all the other Greek organizations are going to do this too. And what happens when you have a lively student section? It's infectious, man. It it bleeds over into the crowd. The players are going to be amped up. The crowd's going to be amped up. We do a great presentation over there with the herd lights and everything that's going on. And it's just a great time. And it's $2. You can't go to the, uh, 
the old movies that they put out midweek. I think it's around three dollars now, <laughs> yeah. four dollars now. Yeah. So cheaper than that. Yep, cheaper than that. And plus, did you see some of the images from this past week when they when they were doing? I think it was the Sunbelt Mac Challenge or whatever this week. I saw some of the. I think maybe it was app that had a. They packed their place. I mean, packed. Oh, yeah. It was like eight thousand yeah. people or something in yeah. there. And, yeah. and let me just tell you. They had they packed that place out and it was lively and and you know this I don't think this was for the women's game it was for the the men's yeah. game yeah but still the the visual uh, images from those videos were like man could you imagine the Cam Henderson Center being like that for this team energy off the charts I mean there would be no stopping this women's basketball team in environments like that so I hope that uh, our fraternity has challenged all the other fraternities and sororities to match their energy and put a grand total of a couple of hundred, maybe three or 400 students, additional students in the cam. Just show, just tells you better get these tickets. You don't know how much space you'll have there. KD, that does it for five things. Every herd fan needs to know as always brought to you by ignite link. And I, I was excited about this five things. I knew there were going to be some, some awesome points that we were going to get to talk about. And that doesn't even pale in comparison to, I guess what we're going to call the feature story this week, because uh, it was the hard hat tour, softball, mm -hmm. baseball facilities tours. And you went, took a ton of photos. And of course there's a visual type pictorial tour on our website, thundercast.online so that you can get a real good handle on a better scope of this overall project because it's larger than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. Yep. Um, and I want to talk about that. And I know you want to talk about that. And I know that there are a lot of people watching and listening that want to learn about that. So first of all, if you haven't bookmarked thundercast.online, you could go there now and follow along uh, with the segment. You know, if you're sitting at your desk or something and are able to do that. But let's talk about the the hard hat tour and uh, kind of some of the things that you saw and some of the things that surprised you that that you didn't realize were a part of this huge project. Yeah. So first and foremost, we speculated a long time ago when this was moved over to the location that it, it currently is from the Fifth Avenue site that it previously was going to be at that you had the opportunity to have a facility, a complex in between the two fields for softball and baseball. And this is not that softball has a designated building in that area that we were talking about. And beyond left field of the Jack baseball has its own. Mm -hmm. There is no sharing of anything. They have done it. The athletic department. I mean, you know, how many cliches of sports do we use on this uh, show? They not only, uh, hit a home run, they hit a grand slam. Yeah. And it's almost like one of these where they hit for the cycle in the game. And one of those was a grand slam. And Oh, by the way, they had 15 RBIs because yeah. this was just an absolute. I, I'm blown away. I'm speechless about what to call this and the potential that this is going to bring for both programs. We talked about bringing in a baseball stadium and what it would do bringing in the baseball stadium and allowing us to upgrade all the softball stuff, this is going to rise 
both of those ships like you always hear a rising tide brings up both ships these programs are set for wild success in the future from what you're about to see and hear us talk about yeah and you know what uh, when you start to hear things like that <clears throat> like you know the scope of this project is bigger than we thought it's bigger than probably just about everybody that's not an insider and like an inside, like a member of the athletic department or someone really, 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 really close to the baseball and softball programs, just your average fans. Like basically we are, you know, we're, we're just fans, right? They don't know because you're able, like you mentioned to me before we started, you can drive down the road and see the field and you can, you know, we all know what the dot looks like and, and you know, the auxiliary facilities that were already there for the dot. But to see that there is a completely separate, massive building for softball and all that's going into that, and then a proportionately larger, separate facility for baseball and all that's going into that is, I believe, what's eye-opening, right? Because all you see is four walls and a roof, right, until you got to go inside and see you know they see some of the um the actual design and layout and what's included and what you had no idea was going to be included so let's kind of walk through that let's spend a few minutes yep. and, and walk through that so where do you want to start i want to start with the softball building and uh for anyone even if you're on our website right now looking at this or you decide to go there later i need you to visualize and picture where home plate and third base is. You've got the building, the softball clubhouse as it stands right now. There are batting cages on down the foul line outside of that building. It leads out onto like the plaza where the um, restrooms are and to go to concessions and things like that. That's this building that we're talking about that exists right now. Directly behind that building as you would go toward the jack is the new softball building. It is a uh, very large metal structure with uh, what you see on the inside. It's got beams up. It, it's going to look a lot like the indoor practice facility looks like over there. However, it's green. So uh, that's where we're going to start. KD, what do you want to know from what I saw, or what do you want to start out with talking about inside this? Well, I mean, we can't get super detailed because this segment would take an hour, and I don't want to take right. an hour but I think it just including uh, just some of the things that are in there, some of the uh, perks for our student athletes, some of the things that are going to be of benefit to the program as a whole and the, the coaching staff, because all people are really going to care about at the end of the day is how does this help us recruit and how does it help us win championships? Right. So I guess that's the thing to start with or just just to talk about what is going to be yeah. there that we don't currently have and what is there that is an improvement upon what we do have. You're going to have an indoor practice area right now. The softball team, along with baseball and a bunch of other uh, programs and athletic teams here are using the Chris Klein indoor practice facility and you have to go in and schedule your time and you've got to wait on everybody else to be done to get your time in. Right now, softball is going to have their own designated place. What's it going to look like? They're going to have at least two batting cages. They're going to have a place where they can uh, do uh, 
from the circle to home plate pitching. And then they are definitely going to have that because they're going to have the exact infield that they have outdoors. They're going to have indoors, same playing surface, same dimensions, everything. So you can go in there and you can take infield. You can run the bases. You can, um, you know, do simulated, you know, batting practice, pitching, uh, simulated games, I mean, with uh, batting practice. Everything that you can do outside, you're going to be able to do inside. They currently did not have that. Even if you go over to the Chris Klein, you'd have to go over and put down a base and say, okay, let's tape this down and this. You don't have that. You're going to have it in there with the circle, the bases, everything will be incorporated into the playing surface. First of all, that's a that's a huge piece. You know, yeah. because now they're not fighting with other programs. They can mm-hmm. maximize their practice time, which yeah. you you will you have heard me say in the past when I spoke to Coach Beals, a lot of this puts time back in the pockets of our student athletes, which is yes. very important. So mm-hmm. any little bit of time that you can give back to your athletes or give back to your coaching staff so they can then work on other things or focus on homework or whatever they need to do is important. So now they're not only not fighting with every other program that wants to utilize the Chris Klein athletic complex, they don't have to be outside if they can't get time, you know, because it's a little chilly in Huntington when you're, you know, talking about some preseason and all that kind of stuff. And um, being able to do that on a one-to-one scale, how beneficial is that? I mean, everything is exact, you know. Uh, You can practice full-scale throws, everything. Uh, you can work out full speed, full scale. It's just important and old to be able to do it on the exact playing surface that you're going to be playing on outside. Can't understate that either. So huge benefit to start off the softball facility. What's next? Well, also in that area, you're going to have, this is the main part of the building. You're going to have the officials locker room. They're going to have their own place, a visiting team locker room and a visiting coaches locker. Um, I don't know how many times people have seen visiting teams go back onto their bus, their charter bus, Mm -hmm. uh, in between games of a doubleheader or something like that. That's kind of been their locker room. You know, Um, this is huge for bringing in opponents. Yeah. Uh, This is huge for being able to host tournaments of different kinds. And the only, uh, you know, now we have lights. That was a big thing. Uh, now we have these locker rooms that are going to be in here for the the coaches and the officials. Uh, seating capacity is the only thing that would hold you back from certain tournaments and everything that you could be able to have. And, you know, that's unfortunately not going to be talked about here. Uh, that's the next project that's going to have to come in is more seating, more permanent seating to get that number up to where it needs to be. Cause I think it needs to be a thousand. Um, but this is huge bringing in this year. We've got uh, off the top of my head, I think Purdue, Notre Dame, a um, couple of different uh, programs that are coming in here for a tournament. And uh, to attract those big teams, you need to have facilities for them to come in. Well, dude, not even just to attract big teams. How about when there's a freaking rain delay and the team has to run and sit on the bus? You know, yeah. at least they can go into a visitor's mm-hmm. locker room. It's mm-hmm. probably not going to be as spacious as the herd's locker room, but it also ain't going to be two aisles of seats on a bus, you know? That's right. So you get to stretch out a little bit. It allows your opponents to stay loose. 
you know, they're going to have room to at least stretch out. They're not going to be either standing in a bus aisle or sitting in a seat. But it just seems like, hey, dude, it's 2024. Everybody should have a locker room at a Division One school. So this is a huge step up and improvement in facilities. Of course, officials and, and ref, uh, not referees, but umpires need their area to get dressed and, and all that kind of stuff too. But to me, the, the, the big piece to that is uh, an improved probably much larger herd locker room, but mm -hmm. just the creation and addition of a visiting locker room. Huge piece. Yeah. So the herd locker room is not coming over to this new facility. It's staying where it is, but there won't be things in the current clubhouse, yeah. which will allow for more room over there. Uh, film room. How many times did we hear when we had the various coaches on here talking about being able to have a dedicated place? This is we're talking baseball and softball, the different coaches that we've talked to about this, having a film room that they can go into. So they've got a meeting room and a film room in here, and it's got these nice cushiony Marshall uh, uh, emblazoned chairs. And uh, if you look at these, it looks great. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Got 28 chairs in there on this photo that I'm looking at for the film room. They get to go in there and they get to break down film. They get to have their team meetings in there. Before they were going over uh, and finding wherever they could, I think at the client center uh, to do this. Um, don't have to do that now. They got a place where they can go in, have a meeting. They go in and they can watch film. Uh, you go in. I was a baseball player, uh, wanted to go in and watch my swing and see what I was doing wrong, which was most of the time. Uh, so this is an area where people can get better here at Marshall quickly and anytime they want to do it without competing with other athletes at other uh, places on campus. Yeah. Now you've seen, everybody's probably seen videos or something of the football program in the meeting rooms. Theater yep. style seating, same kind yep. of thing. Think about taking that and throwing it in the dryer and shrinking it down for 28 people, right? Same kind yep. of deal. Uh, it's just smaller. That's all. So they didn't cut a corner. You know, they they, they give them what they need. If you're going to build it, build it right. And we're building yep. it right. So this will yeah. be an instrumental part also. We've heard coaches, like you said, talk about the importance of having that. We didn't have that, and this is another thing. Like, it's all centrally located. This is more time that you get back to your athletes. So another another big piece. Glad they included that. That was a point of emphasis, and it's been for a lot of coaches that we've talked to, not just on this show, but just like in general conversation. So glad that was included. They have a big area for concessions in there. It's uh, bigger than uh, what they currently have, which is uh, underneath the grandstand over at the softball. I'm assuming they're going to keep that one as well. Uh, so you don't have to walk over across the street to get a hot dog and a beer, but they are probably going to have this set up to where they can get to more people. You don't have a line over there. You can go to multiple places. And I assume with the uh, size of this, that they're going to have a lot of storage over here for your concessions, but also maybe put in taps and things like that for oh, beer yeah. because, you know, beer is coming uh, to softball and baseball uh, as has been promised. Uh, do you think there might be a possibility that maybe some 
some of that, maybe half of that uh, current concession stand that's under the grandstand might get turned into a little bit of a team store to to where you might be able to buy some softball gear at a game, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but that is good speculation. I'm just speculating. Just yeah. speculating. Uh, the last thing that you're going to see over here is uh, this one area, but two different things going into it. One is the coaches' offices are moving from the current clubhouse facility, and they're going into the new building. That opens up room in the uh, – where the coaches' office are currently in the clubhouse building, they're going to put in a training table area uh, to better take care of the athletes. At a, I mean, right there, you know, yeah. you walk right off the field, right into that building, and right there to the training table during games. Uh, practices on the field, you can go in and do that as well. Uh, right next to the locker rooms, it's just going to be great. Uh, the other thing is, herd vision is going to have a designated place at softball here. Uh, where they didn't have that before. They were actually calling and producing these games over in the Cam Henderson Center in their media room over there. So this is going to be a designated area. It's massive. They'll be able to do a lot of stuff in there. They That's also where they're going to be able to do all these great videos and interviews that they've done uh, that we've seen and uh, have all that audio video gear in there. Yeah, we know in this day and age that's uber important. Being able it's to huge. being huge. able to produce your visuals and your audio is huge, man. It yeah. it just is. It's the way we consume. I mean, geez, that's why we're sitting here. That's why we're doing this. People yeah. like this. So well, ne- press conferences, that. press yeah. conferences, and everything are going to be in there instead of in the coach's office or outside in the in the rain and everything. Final improvements that uh, came along with this is already at the dot. The uh, chairs are down. They replaced the old chairs that were there forever and faded. Uh, They have new chairs there. Uh, They're black with a Marshall Oval uh, silver emblem imprinted into it with the Marshall. uh, I've always called that the the Marshall M with the bar logo, uh, where it says the herd across it in black. Uh, But they look really nice in there as well. Yeah, sure Uh, does. We have the video board is up. Uh, that was a photo that was uh, on there. Uh, it looks great out there in um, right center field. And the padding that goes around the fence and everything, that is also going to be replaced. I think they already have it up or it's coming this week. Uh, it's just a matter of installing it before that first game at home. Cool. Yeah, the this the video board is super cool. The one we had last year just barely served its purpose, you know. So it'll be nice to to be able to do some cool things, improve the game experience for the fans. Another reason just to turn out those seats look super killer. Probably going to be um, a lot more comfy sitting in, you know, at, at games at the dot. Just a lot of overall improvement. Softball really. Um, kind of got some collateral benefit, more mm-hmm. more collateral benefit than we thought. We had hoped they would get a couple of things to really augment that program, but all in all, they're getting a lot, you know, to, to come yeah. along with the project here for the uh, the main baseball stadium project. So what's next? Are you going to the, the baseball clubhouse? Yeah, no, we're going to the, the baseball field, the Jack. And, okay. you know, just, just go through those photos and you'll see there are three different types of seats. Uh, furthest down the uh, line is the hardback uh, Kelly Green seats with cup holders and armrests. Um, they are the cheaper uh, of the uh, static uh, seats. 
And then directly behind home plate, you're going to see they are mesh, a breathable mesh. Uh, that's great because of rain is going to drop right through. And also on those hot days and everything, you don't have a solid surface sticking to your back. Mm-hmm. You've got a breathable mesh there. And uh, they have high back mesh directly behind home plate. Those are the most expensive. And to the left and right of those, going down first and third baselines, in between that and the hard back, they have a medium height mesh seat. So uh, lots of good seating options there. I sat in them. They they felt great. Yeah. Um, also, you're going to have a team store directly behind home plate. Uh, there is a door leading into a team store. You are going to be able to get all of your baseball gear for Marshall Baseball there. And also the Tri-State to be determines. Uh, they will have a team store there as well. Booger cats. Come on, man. Give me the booger cats. Dang. Well, let me just say that it was announced that the team will be green and white and it will have some black accents on there. Go figure. Mm. So, uh, don't have the name yet. That is coming ultra, ultra soon. And, uh, can't wait till that name is out. I don't know it. Uh, I was just told it is coming soon, but, uh, that team store is going to be great. They also have bathrooms on both sides, concessions and things like that that you can see as part of the grandstand Uh, upstairs. They have suites. You've got the athletic director suite and it has already been named. Uh, Big Sandy's gaming has the naming rights to that suite for a few years. It's going to have a great indoor. If you look at it, it's got a, uh, uh, a wood uh, background on the wall uh, also with Kelly green. And then they're going to have uh beer uh, tables and everything set up in there. They've got indoor seating so you can look out the glass on rainy days or windy days or whatever. And you don't want to be outside or you want to be inside and congregate. And then you walk outside and they've got uh bar stool kind of level uh, chair backs uh, with a, uh, a nice rail to where you can put your food and drink on there and take in the game on the outside. So it's not just like the suites at football where you're behind the glass and you, you're only inside. You've got inside, outside on these suites up there. Yeah, absolutely need that. I mean, geez, who doesn't want to enjoy some spring weather in the city of Huntington, you know, with a cold beer and a baseball game happening right in front of you? A-plus move there. Also, I'm back on the team store thing. I think that's massively important. You know, people mm-hmm. are going to want to be able to get gear at the game I hope yep. they have it freaking packed out for that first one because, man, I don't know if there's enough gear in the city for them to not sell out of everything that they have there. Um, the, the 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 field, you know, for those that have just driven by and seen it like me, I mean, I haven't seen an intimate look of it like anything like this hard hat tour. But just a, a view from a distance, it, it's very um, breathtaking to – to just go, man, I can't believe that. Like you almost don't believe that it's sitting there, you know? Yeah. And then to see an up close look and get some of these photos. And it's like, man, this looks like a really top tier looking like a minor league field. You know, if, if that's your vibe, then I yeah. love minor league baseball. And that's what it I feels like. That's what it feels like. So, you know, we're not out here comp- competing with great American ballpark. That's not what this is. What you're trying to do is capture the uh, the vibe of your town and the vibe of your school. And I think Jack Cookfield is freaking nailing that, man. This just, just feels like 
the perfect home for herd baseball. I mean, it it doesn't look like there are any swings and misses right now to continue with the bad baseball puns in this segment. Thanks to Phil Castellini and his comments, this is exactly where I'm going. Uh, and it is going to compete with Great American Ballpark for me because this place is going to get a lot more of my money and time than, uh, than Great American. I have still not been back since his comments. But anyway, there is a chair rail, uh, not a chair rail, a uh, chess level rail, uh, food and beverage rail behind all the seats, except for exactly behind home plate um, for people for standing and taking in the game as well. And that's down on the concourse. Concourse is huge, by the way, uh, to be able to walk around, but you'll be able to stand there. Uh, standing room only can get in there when the games are sold out, but people that have seats may want to just stand up there for portions of the game as well and talk to other people that their seats are on the other side of the field or something. Mm. Um, the president's suite up there has a lot more outdoor area uh, because it's directly on the end. There's a little outdoor concourse kind of place, and uh, it has a lot of seating up there as well. But just going in there and taking in all these photos, uh, just know, too, between the seats, this is above home plate. You have a designated place for uh, radio to call the games. You have a designated uh, for video, and it's got a almost garage door style opening uh, for the camera well and everything mm-hmm. in that office. Uh, so there are different places where maybe visiting radio can come in or visiting uh, broadcasters or whatever. So uh, it's, it's just a very nice area up there. But other than that, um, not a whole lot to talk about on the Jack that I can put into words. You just need to go in there and see what that strike field looks like. Mm -hmm. You need to see what, um, having up the lights, having up the the stands. I mean, just from these photos, it is real. All the people that said, we're not going to be able to, to have this. This will never be built. I can't wait for you to be able to go over there and step in because even seeing these photos, it was surreal for me to be there and sit in a seat or to stand on the concourse. Um, it's just, it's amazing. They they have done a, an amazing job with this stadium. I think it's time to put the it ain't going to happen to bed because if you're still saying that, then you're just <laughs> you, you are not in touch with reality. <laughs> so let's uh, let's circle around over to the um, to the left clubhouse field and talked about the clubhouse. Yeah. So the first thing that you'll see is uh, in the photos of the Jack, there is a building beyond uh left field and that is the baseball clubhouse and then i have a photo from the entrance to that looking back at the jack uh, oh one thing that i need to say about the jack that i forgot they on concessions they are directly across the street from ss logan meatpacking over there and they are worked out a deal with them they're just going to bring they're storing all the food over there so they don't have to take up room there and just bringing it right over and you're going to have uh, locally owned Cavalier hot dogs. That sort of thing is going to be brought right over. Concessions will not be ran by Sodexo. I'm calling that the biggest grand slam in the history <laughs> no doubt. Of, uh, of this ballpark. Uh, 
hot dogs will be grilled, not boiled like over at uh, the football. And, and um, we are also having a uh, country boy is coming in to uh, look at putting in a beer garden there in between the uh, third base uh, to the left field foul line on that part of the the concourse uh, by the concession stand. That's where they're looking at putting in a country boy, herd country, lager, beer garden. Cool. All right. Back over to the clubhouse. When you go in, there are going to be a locker room for the players, but also that is where the players lounge is. You can look at the lockers that are there. Uh, they, each player will have one. This is going to line every wall of this massive room. They're going to have these uh, locker banks, and they have two drawers down at the bottom uh, that pull out. They have a uh, place for your cleats down at the very bottom. Uh, it's a little over seven feet tall for these lockers. They've got uh, combinations that each player can put in so they can have their stuff locked up, not just the stuff that's hanging in the open. Uh, and then uh, there's electric and USB ports in there to charge uh, iPads, phones, all the different things that uh, that you may have. Uh, that alone, I, I say anything in this clubhouse that we're getting ready to talk about, this alone is such a huge step over everything that we have right now. Yeah. Because what do we have right now? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so this, I mean, if... If we just said, hey, we're putting in lockers for the baseball people, that would be, oh, my God, what a, what an amazing step. Well, all of these things we're getting ready to talk about are huge steps. Yeah. Their film room is a little bit bigger. The roster is bigger on baseball, uh, mainly because of how many relief pitchers and starting pitchers that you're going to have. Uh, same setup, theater style, the Marshall chairs, uh, but the room is just a little bit bigger and the number of chairs uh, is just a little bit bigger. Uh, they have offices in there for the recruiting director, the head coach, all the different uh, uh, assistant coaches that you're going to have, pitching coach, batting coach. And all that. They've got offices in there. By the way, they look out onto the field uh, and that looks amazing. Their indoor area is not going to be able to simulate uh, the exact diamond because of distance alone. You know, softball is, I think, is it 40 feet, I think, between the, the bases? I think uh, it's 60 feet, isn't it? It might be 60. Um, yeah, it is 60. I think 40 is closer to what the pitching uh, circle is. Um but in baseball, a 90 by 90 by 90, you're looking at from third to first and home to second is 127 feet and then 90 feet in between the base paths. They could not put that in there. Um, the facility would just have to be way, way bigger to do that. So their playing surface in there is not going to be exactly like what they have. It's going to be more of the old school AstroTurf just to have something where uh, – Grounders can be taken, um, you know, you can uh, uh, practice, uh, you know, turning to that sort of thing. Uh, but they have retractable batting cages that they're going to be able to put up and a pitching mound surface where they will be able to have a couple of places that they can throw from uh, and also bat in there. 
all of this a huge step up over splitting their time with all the other programs over at the Chris Klein. Yeah. You talked about um, an improvement over what we have. Well, uh, yes. But what sucks is in a lot of cases we're playing catch up because of what we know this conference to be and just NCAA baseball as a whole to be. So not only are we going from nothing to something, we're immediately shooting up to on par, if not surpassing some of our um, like-minded schools, right? Our conference mates. So the, the, you just, this, this segment doesn't do it justice, right? And the article even as well, uh, documented as it is, isn't going to fully do it justice. There's just no substitute for getting your eyes on the prize and checking it all out. And uh, for those that went, you got to see that because there may not be another opportunity to get this it- intimate of a look of all of these facilities at one time. So for the folks that went, they they took advantage of something really special. I'm glad you were able to go. Uh, but now you turn your eyes to the season quickly approaching. There are still tickets available for for you to buy if you're if you're like late to the party and thought, well, I missed my opportunity. You did not, so you can still buy some season tickets. Um, just an overall cool event. I'm really glad you were able to go. And if you got nothing else on this, let's take it around the hurt. One final thing is that they have a uh, massive uh, training room in there and. Uh, just all the different places for equipment and things like that, that you need in, in taking uh, things out for baseball and and that they have storage for that. They have thought of everything for here. And I'm, I'm just, I'm blown away with how well Marshall did with this and no, it's not completed in these photos. Um, Opening pitch is March 1st. We're going to have everything completed to go to watch a game, but there will still be things going on with the inside of this to get it ready by later on in this season and definitely going into the off season that this is going to be a hundred percent done on both buildings. Yeah. Scoreboard. People have asked about that online. Uh, we do have confirmation. The scoreboard for baseball is on campus. It's just been too muddy and everything that they didn't want to go over there and tear everything up that they had been trying to do. Uh, they are uh, waiting until the weather is a little bit better, and then they are going to put that scoreboard up. So it shouldn't take too long. Setting the poles is uh, just need good weather for that. Yeah, it's not a matter of the thing's not there. <laughs> you just need a little cooperation from Mother Nature. That's right. All right, so let's take it around the herd, and we're going to start off with tennis. They split the matchup against WVU, where they lost four to three, and Radford, where they swept them seven to nothing. They will be hosting Miami, Ohio, Friday at four p.m., and then Virginia Tech on Sunday at ten a.m. Um, I usually run through all of these uh, who got first and everything. The article is on Herd Zone. We're not trying to belittle any of the uh, people that um, won these events, but we went real long talking about the facilities yeah, here. That, that's and, not what this is about. You know, we're not yeah. slighting anyone. It's just those take time. And if you are interested, then you can go see who won their respective singles and doubles yeah. matches. Uh, but I will tell you this I saw for the first time this week um, a little bit of uh, tennis promo. 
Like they put out a little video like, hey, we're, you know, back at home. We'd like to love to see you come out and watch them. That's great, man. More of these athletic programs need their athletes to be doing that because it takes literally no time. Uh, you know, they're they're all used to being on the phone and talking in front of a camera anyway. They should put out these little promo videos because I thought that was really cool. You know, and that's the sort of thing like if I were in town, I probably would have shot over to the tennis complex and checked it out a little bit just because they asked me to. But pretty good week overall. Sucks that you, you know, you didn't uh, come out on top against uh, West Virginia, but you made up for it against Radford. Off and running with the tennis program, man. I still think they're going to be a contender in the Sun Belt. Yeah, like I said, you can go see them Friday at 4 p.m. or Virginia Tech on Sunday at 10 a.m. Swim and Dive, I went to this. Uh, They won their meet against Toledo at home on Saturday, 169 to 131. Much like with tennis, I'm not going to go over the individual winners. That article, again, is on Herd Zone. Uh, But there were 10 top 10 program performances uh, on this final meet of the season. It was also senior day. But I want to say that Paige Banton um, mm-hmm. broke her own school and pool record. Um, and then uh, I had a little video of that with the finish of that going on. And there were eight in the field for that event. And uh, we finished one, two, three, and four. We <laughs> had four and they had four. We were top four. We had a school record. Uh, but there, in that article you're going to read, there is a lot of different uh, pool records that were set, top two, top three performances uh, in the pool uh, at the school, the different records and everything. Great article. I encourage you to go read about tennis, go read about swim and dive. It'll take you two or three minutes on each one. Get familiar with who did what. What I want to talk about about that is that, remember, this one was broadcast on ESPN+. Plus. Yes. And... Yeah. Uh, I saw some of it and it was a really cool showing. I did not expect, yeah. honestly, I honestly did not expect there to be a lot of people there. Uh, but the attendance at that event far surpassed what I thought I was going to see. So hopefully we got into the ear of a few people and they were like, hey, you know what? Never been there. think I'm going to go check it out. And I think attendance kind of mirrored that. It, some of the photos that you had up there and uh, the crowd shots on the ESPN Plus broadcast, well attended. I, shout out to Herd fans for going out to that one and supporting Swim and Dive on Senior Day. That was super cool to see. Uh, I told you it was a different viewing perspective. It's like you just don't see Marshall stuff in a pool, you know, most of the time, the branding on the wall and stuff. So it was something different to view. And you know what? A lot of folks said, I don't want to watch it on TV. I want to go over to the Natatorium and see it firsthand. And I'm going to give a, a, a noticeable shout out to the, go, to the guys and gals that went out there and, and went to the meet because you made the viewing experience that much better. A lot of Kelly Green on TV, and that was awesome. Well, let me tell you something. For anyone that's out here listening and they say, you know what? Yeah, that was the final meet of the season. Uh, or the semester, whatever, I'm going to go to the next one. I'm going to go in the future. Here's a little bit of advice. Do not go into Gullickson and go down to the pool, which is what I did, uh, because from being on campus and when we had intramural events and Greek week events, that's what we did. We went in, we went downstairs, we went to the pool area. I could not figure out how to get to the upstairs bleachers from there. I kept looking for every different uh, stairwell that I could. There was a stairwell that we used uh, in the past that got us up there. And that was electronically locked. You had to have a key card to get in. 
you could hear everybody cheering on the other side <laughs> of the door and I still couldn't. So I walked around for about 10 minutes trying to get from the, the pool and there was just everybody that was down there was doing something. They were timing somebody. They were, so I didn't want to say, hey, show me how to get upstairs. And anyone listening, yes, I'm a fool. I haven't been there before. I never did. We were always in the pool uh, when we had to do this sort of thing. So I was never up in the bleachers. Uh, finally, I saw Ben Westfall uh, up there and uh, I said, texted him, Ben, how do I get up to those bleachers? And he said, I'll come and get you. But he didn't realize where I was at. Um, he had to send me a thing. You go in the concourse of the Henderson Center. So right when you walk in, if you go up the ramp or you go up the stairs and you're upstairs and you walk in and the ticket office is to your left, the new team store is to your right, the next door down, you go in, that takes you to the upstairs of the pool. You cannot get there from Gullickson, which I tried to walk around. So go through Henderson Center and go over there. You'll be able to hear everyone cheering if you want to go. It's an awesome experience. I had a great time. I can't wait to go back and take the family. Awesome. All right. Uh, men's golf. They're playing in the Thomas Sharkey Individual Collegiate this weekend at Georgia Southern. Didn't think that we were having golf this early, but, uh, you know, down south, I guess they're going golf in to, the south. They're golfing. They're going to be golfing. So that'll be Friday and Saturday or Saturday, Sunday. I can't remember, but they are having that this weekend down at Georgia Southern in Statesboro. Track and field, they had the Lenny Lyles Invitational. Uh, got the articles uh, up on that that will have all the winners and who qualified and did what. Um, I will say that this was a massive field, and our big uh, thing from there was Abby Herring broke the indoor 3K record for the fourth time. I accidentally skipped that in five things I'm just now seeing. It's all so, right. But things happen, right? I mean, we're yeah, we're we're going to talk about that real quick, though. She broke it for the fourth time. How often have we talked about her <laughs> doing that? And some of the other school records uh, or personal bests that you'll read in the article, the people still finish like eighth, or they finished fifth, or second, or something like that. Abby won her three k there where she broke the record for the fourth time. So she brought us home a first place victory and broke her own record yet again. Yeah. But that's, but wait, there's more. I know you mentioned that, you know, some of these uh, things didn't result in an overall event win, but Kylie, Maston Kylie Maston. also yeah. set a school record in the uh, indoor mile. I mean, these are your usual suspects, man. I mean, yeah. Kylie Maston and Abby Herring just continue to to dominate these things. Tyra Thomas, another strong showing in the 60, mm -hmm. uh, 60 meter hurdles. Um, what can you say? What can you say? We, we you can't say the same thing every week, but we have to say the same thing every week. Uh, uh, also of note, it looks like uh, Marshall Track and Field picked up a uh, commitment this week uh, from Jonathan Awusu from Powder Springs, Georgia. Don't know if he's going to be a sprinter, distance runner, or field athlete, but uh, it's been a steady, like steady line of commitments over the past month, and like maybe like yeah. one a week, you know, type of a, type of a thing. So uh, keep track, just keep track of her track and field. They're doing special things. Uh, they will be traveling back to Louisville for the Bellarmine 
Notice I got it right that time. It's not Bellarmine. It's not Bellarmine. Uh, we had a friend uh, call in and correct us on the show. It's Bellarmine. Bellarmine. Uh, they will be going to the Bellarmine Classic on Friday, and that is in Louisville. Cool. Men's basketball beat Georgia State at home on Wednesday, 77 to 68. Turned around and beat Southern Miss at home on Saturday, 83 to 67. Yep. They face Old Dominion at home on Thursday at 7 p.m., and then they will be hosting Coastal Carolina at 4 p.m. on Saturday. Yep. Needed that. Needed that week, right? Now I uh, heard yeah. they're an 11-11 and 11 team, so uh, at least 500 with the opportunity to put a winning record out there this this uh, late in the game. So held serve at home. Got to continue to, uh, you know, find what's working. Uh, Nate Martin continues to impress. Obina continues to impress. Cam Kerfman is continuing to impress. It, it, it's turning into a real team effort all the time. You know, Voyles yeah. is doing well. Uh, the big question mark, again, is about Crawford. You know, Luke Creasy did that great article about how, how he has not been able to find the lineup for a while, and then he was back in. Now he's back out. And that that's an interesting storyline, but it's it's it still seems like Marshall's trying to figure out the formula that most consistently works. And – at this stage in the game, you are kind of what your record says you are. You're a 500 team trying to figure out the recipe. So as long as you can uh, finish strong and get a decent matchup in the SBC tournament, you have an opportunity to make some noise, right? So what you want to do is put yourself in a position to make a little noise. Right now, Marshall's in that sort of position. A nice little run through the month of February could really turn things on its ear. But, you know, they're going to have to face some good teams. Um they they they've got to face Old Dominion coming up, and and while Old Dominion only is a five and sixteen team, they really took it to us in Norfolk. So we're going to get an opportunity to get them back in Huntington, and then they still got Appalachian State twice on the schedule. That's a seventeen and four team currently. So who knows what they're going to be looking like? But outside of that, and a pretty decent Troy team, the majority of the games left that Marshall uh, has on the schedule. 5-16 and 16 Old Dominion, 6-14 and 14 Coastal Carolina twice, 5-16 uh, and 16 Georgia Southern. You get James Madison once more in Appalachian State twice. So you've got an opportunity to close out the regular season with a winning record, which would ultimately make a winning record on the season for the Herd. Just got to find that recipe, stay competitive, and hope the shots fall. Um, game on Saturday, Nate Martin, I mean, he started off, he had uh, – uh, at one point, I took a photo from the stands. We were 13 to their eight, and Nate Martin had eight. Yeah. So he was, he was uh, out-rebounding them and scoring them uh, point for point. He ended up with uh, 24 points, 10 rebounds, six assists, uh, nine of 11 from the field, uh, his 11th double-double and a career-high 24 points. He's just killing it, and it seems like when he and Obina are doing their best – that's when Marshall is doing their yeah. best. Yep. All right. The women's uh, team is next, and they just continue to keep rolling. They beat James Madison on the road Wednesday, 77 to 70, and that was nowhere near as close as what that score shows. Uh, they were up uh, 16 or more late and uh, seemed like we just could not put them away. Uh, then we turned around and put up 106 points. 106 to 95 on the road at Georgia Southern. Uh, 
that was on Saturday. We will be hosting uh, App State on Wednesday at 6 p.m. As we talked about earlier, just another friendly reminder to use promo code THUNDERCAST for $2 tickets. And then on Saturday, it's the first part of the doubleheader. We host James Madison on Saturday at 1 p.m., and that's before the men's game has a 4 p.m. tip-off as well. Just a note on that real quick. Uh, they put out uh, from the uh, athletic department, they will not be clearing the uh, cam in between games. If you purchase a ticket to the men's game, it also gets you into the women's game. So if you already have a ticket for the women's game, they will be sending you a notification that if you want to add a men's ticket to that, uh, you can. So you should be contacted sometime this week. What you got to know, let's circle back a little bit and talk about that James Madison game because that was a clash of two really good teams. You know, Very James good. Madison yeah. was a was a 14-win team or a 13-win team. We had, we had almost identical records. What you got to know about that game is after the first quarter, Marshall was down 19-8 to on the road yep. against a really yep. good team. And they could have just kind of like not folded – but that one could have got away from them, you know, because that's a yeah. good team with a big lead and momentum of a home crowd. And Marshall went on to a 77 to 70 win. So it's like there's there's no scenario really that will uh, get this team to pack it in, right? Because we've seen them, they were down against what was it, Old Dominion and went back and just yeah. dominated that game. So the Virginia swing was really good for uh for the herd and in that one it was it was four big scores four of your five starters scored in double figures led by brianna campbell oh, i'm sorry led by aislinn hayes with 21 brianna campbell had 19 in that one and then you fast forward to georgia southern on the road the herd goes over the century mark and you, you might go yeah but they gave up 95 so what <laughs> you're going over the century mark in a women's basketball game, I think that's pretty freaking impressive. And then when you go look at these individual scoring efforts, Brianna Campbell, 29 to Abby Beeman's 28. Good Lord. Aislinn Hayes with 19. Sydney Scott with 16. I mean, gracious sakes, the herd was uh, 55% from behind the arc, uh, nearly 55% overall from the floor. Dude, when they're hitting shots like that, they ain't going to lose. They are they not going to lose. 57 points in the first half, and that was very close to our average score last year. Yeah. Yeah, so they're they're just absolutely rolling. I don't care how you want to slice it. I, I don't care. Nitpick if you want to. I'm not going to nitpick. So January 31st, get your ass out to the Cam Henderson Center. Pack the house for these ladies against Appalachian State for $2 tickets, man. I can't say it anymore. We've said it enough. People know, go buy the damn tickets and get to the cam. Russ, if you got anything else, let me have it. Otherwise, let's take it out of here. No, whether you see us uh, walking around Gullicks and trying to figure out how to get up to the bleachers, whether you see us over at the Hard Hat Tour, or whether you see us Wednesday night cheering on this massively successful, exciting to watch, Best show in town, women's basketball squad. No matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, go herd. Go herd. It's the Thundercast. One last thing we've got to talk about. I forgot about this. Also, February 3rd, first pitch dinner at Guy and Country Club. For the softball team, tickets are still available. Go to Herd Zone, get all the details. If you can uh, make it, you should look into it. It's going to be a really great event. Until next week. We, ha we have a table there. Oh, that's true. We did decide to sponsor a table. But until next week, we'll see you. Uh, go herd. Go herd.